you guys. I am so excited for you to meet my guest today, Keita Williams, who is, wait for it, a professional butt kicker and founder of Success Bully, an elite accountability practice dedicated to supporting high-performing type A's who are looking to take their great to greater. And what I love about Keita's approach, because as you know, I talk to a lot of coaches that specialize in high performers, but what I love about Keita's approach is that she is grounded in accountability. And she has a whole methodology around just accountability because research shows that if there are specific accountability appointments, goal accomplishment goes up by 95% because all of us have goals. I have a million goals. How many have I accomplished? You know, a few, but there's a lot I haven't. One of the keys to getting our goals realized is that accountability piece and successfully merges the power of strategic goal setting and accountability for real action. And her team has facilitated workshops for brands like Amazon, Domain Tools, Facebook, Microsoft, Meredith Corp, PartnerTap, O'Reilly Media, WeWork Labs, and she's just amazing. And her ideas are powerful. Plus, she's just a breath of fresh air. I've never heard a coach talk so openly about kicking butt. It just makes my heart sing. So get ready and gird your loins because she's about to kick your butt and my butt in the best possible way. I'll see you on the other side. So Kita, this is what I want to begin with. Your moniker is success bully. And you, and just a minute ago, you're like, well, let's, you know, when we get to the bullying and I was like, oh my God, she's redefining what that means. Because the word bully, I'm like, yikes, but that's not what you mean. What do you mean when you say success bully? When I say success bully, I mean, like some of us don't respond to like soft squishy. We don't need the <laughs> soft squishy. You can do it. We, some of us don't respond well to that. You know, some of us like the tough love. And I was raised on tough love and it is how I respond well. Like as much as I like to hug, that doesn't motivate me. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And so when I think about success bully, it's, I'm not a jerk by any stretch of the imagination, but like, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to give you tactical actions to take. It's about accountability and less about, you know, me being your emotional support peacock. (laughs) Just, you know, (laughs) you don't pay me to be nice. That's it. That's it. And I think coaching relationships that last, that make a difference, have to be about something more than you're good enough, you're strong enough, and doggone it, people like you. People like you. Right, right. (laughs) So when you start working with someone, like, how does that go down? When you start going like, ooh, this woman, this man did not do the three actions on their list last week. It's about to get real. Like, how does that all go down? Oh, yes. So like, I think to back it up, kind of framing how we work. So again, I'm not into the self-discovery, the self-actualization. Like, that is another coach, right? I am more focused on clear goals, clear actions. Did you do it or did you not? You know, and we work around time management and performance and we take into account that you have a multidimensional life. So in the planning process, I'm not just making up stuff for you to do. We're looking at it holistically and how does this fit into your life and understanding that you are delightfully human. 
We're right. all delightfully human. And by that, it takes time to develop habits. It takes time to see results. And so there's no silver bullet for this. Mm-hmm. And so we try to work within that space. And so when we get to a point where we have a client that is not trending well, which ha- happens from time to time, but not often, right? Because yep. like, you know, they're like, I'm paying for this. Like yeah, that, exactly. that motivates them enough. And then there's also the, oh my goodness, I don't want to tell Keita I didn't get it done. It's like social pressure there, right? So there's a double whammy of you're, you're paying money for this, but yep. also I don't want to disappoint Keita. Yep. And I think that the thing that I understand that the world has changed. So much of our lives have changed and, and trying to be respectful of the target is changing or the, the yep. way that we approach things can check. Like literally, I feel like once I get my hand, my hands on something, you get a handle on it. Here comes something else that changes it. I mean, I'm not mean about it. What yeah, I will say yeah. is, okay, so let's, from a strategy standpoint, what are we going to do different next week? Yep. What are your biggest challenges? Yep. How can we mitigate risk? And so uh, I have one client, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but (laughs) one of her biggest distractions was dating apps. Yeah, I would imagine huge distraction. Well, like, I mean, there's all these new people in the pandemic. And it's a dopamine hit every time somebody's right, right? Yeah, and instant judgment. And so like, yeah, so if that's a distraction, let's uninstall them until you get this project done. I promise you, you can go back. You can get as wild as you want. That's right. (laughs) As soon as you finish this project. But we know that that's a stumbling block. So let's just uninstall it just until August 31st. Once you get this over the line, then you can swipe all you want. So talk to me about, like, I think so many coaches and so much of the culture of coaching that is happening all around us is about that touchy-feely, sort of self-actualizing stuff. What do you think is wrong with that culture? And why did you settle on this approach? Because I think it's really powerful, but it's countercultural. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that there's a space for everything. And yep. it's where what you need. You know, and I think coaching is a personal relationship. And you find a coach that aligns with your personal values, that aligns with your personal vision, and that will support you. And it's very similar to how you choose a therapist, right? Yes, right. And that like you want a therapist that's aligned with you on values, that is going to support you in what you're trying to accomplish, that shows up for you how you need them to show up for you. So there, there, there is a a season flavor and season to taste kind of thing when that's it comes right. to it, right? Yep. I think that what we do, why it's countercultural is that we're focused on results Mm -hmm. because like some of the, there's the coaching modality is so fluid Mm -hmm. and there's so many different ways to do it. And and I can't say there's a right or wrong, you know, but if you are looking to achieve a particular result, you know, you hire the person that best supports you in getting that result. So let me ask you this, because I know accountability is such a big part of what makes you guys different and how you function. Have you noticed that part of when you work with people, there is this ask, especially with women, especially with myself, when I think about myself, have you noticed that we tend to just think too small? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk to me about that. How do you get people out of their own smallness? Well, I challenge them. Like if it doesn't give you a sweat mustache or you don't get pity, you know, you don't get pity or it doesn't give you that, that in the stomach, it's too small. It's too small because if you're like, well, I just want to do three of those, or I just want to just will be just enough or you'll come underneath that. And so I would rather you stretch 
and miss it yeah. than to to like barely get what you think you can do. Right. Yeah. I think in the stretch is where the learning is. And then in that discomfort, that's where uh, the growth is. It's If you can comfortably do it, it's not big enough. Exactly. Exactly. And I think as women, we're kind of groomed to stay in our, in our little boxes, oh, certainly. Absolutely. And I think like I was just on a call with a friend of mine who just shot a um, hired a videographer and shot a virtual keynote that he had recorded. And he rented a space in Oakland and he did this really beautiful high-end, high-production value thing. And I was like, you know, that would never have occurred to me to do that because sometimes I'm locked into this tiny little dance space. Like, this is my dance space. This is your dance space. How do you get somebody, like if you are coaching me and you're like, you need to think of yourself in bigger terms, like what are the different ways that you get people over that hump? Oh, well, I think that that is, (laughs) there's multiple layers to this. So first I'm going to set a a stretch goal. So we're going to, we're going to talk about what you want to do. And then I'll go, okay. Yeah. So you said that too casually. So we're going to add 30% to whatever it is. Right. Oh, that's amazing. And like you said, I just want to do, then I'm going to, okay, well then I'm turning the dial up. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't make you uncomfortable enough. We're going to map out a plan and we're tracking you the whole way. And I think the success is in that tracking. And so like uh, between the accountability functionality and the tracking systems that we've built, that's the stuff people don't want to do. Exactly. They don't want to track their product or they'll track until they have a bad day and they don't want to capture the bad day on paper. Right. And so the tracking is where you can find the rhythm. The data doesn't Mm -hmm. lie. Mm -hmm. Like if you've had an amazing day, you can duplicate that. But if you had a a less than stellar day, your tracker will tell you, tell you how to avoid that too. And so (gasps) Oh my God, I need you to talk more about this tracker. I need you to talk more about this system. Like it both terrifies me, horrifies me and very much interests me. Oh yeah, it is horrifying because like you have to be transparent. Right, right. And you cannot lie to yourself or your coach. Oh God. Right? Yeah. And I think that in the process of goal setting, especially, you know, when you think about New Year's resolutions, right? Where you're like, I'm going to lose 25 pounds by April 30th. And then you're eating Cheetos by the <laughs> second week of February. Yeah. <laughs> you're back on your Cheetos. You know, like, yeah. it is the tracking piece of it and not yeah. giving yourself the space to develop the consistency, to develop the habit, to yeah. see the see it happen. And so I think we track our one-on-one clients on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. And we know based on the data that if you fall below 75% completion of your action plan for three consecutive weeks, you're not going to hit your 90-day benchmark. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, that is a big warning light for us. Like if you have one week, okay, listen, we we really got to think about this. We got to start, we got to make some adjustments. And from a group standpoint, when we have our our groups going through the process, Mm -hmm. they have their weekly tracking that they do with us, but then they have a daily accountability buddy (gasps) that they're, they're texting. I feel like I need this. I have the whole thing. I have some big, hairy, audacious goals that are just still big and hairy. They're just yeah. big and they're still hairy and they're just sitting on my desk staring at me. Are you just looking, you're just looking at them. You're just, I'm just looking at them. <laughs> I'm just looking at them. But it's so funny. I guess the, you know, 
that's a really powerful model because I don't hear a lot about the unglamorous part of the actual mechanism mm-hmm. for tracking, but that's actually where the habit gets formed, right? Oh, yeah. Speak to, speak to success as a habit. What is the connection between oh, yes. coaching and habit formation? It's in the daily. Oh. It's in the daily activity. It's in the daily activity. Some of my friends call me the robot because I have some, I have, there are certain routines that I am not flexible about. And tell me about those routines. I want to know. Well, like I need 90 minutes of keto time before I talk to anybody else. Me too, Keto. I don't too. care what part of the world I'm in. I don't care what I am there for. <laughs> I need my 90 minutes of keto time. Yep. And that is my wake up prayer meditation, yep. go for my walk or exercise, you know, do my journaling, get my head in the game, all the things that I have to do so that I can show up as the best version of myself. And Amen. so men, I do not care what anyone else has. I don't care if we have to be there at 6am. Guess what? (laughs) I'm still doing my 90 minutes. That's right. (laughs) And so those are, but that took, that has been a, I think I've been doing that maybe the last five years, Mm -hmm. but getting started, it was getting up earlier than needed to do that. I think also was their voice in your head being like, who are you to take 90 whole minutes? Just to do you. Like that's the voice I do battle with every day because I'm the same way, Kita. I have to do my journaling and my prayer time and my walking. And and still that little voice is like, who do you think you are? You have so much to do. Get your ass in that desk chair. Oh, yeah. So um, I don't listen to that one because I know (laughs) (laughs) that voice I don't listen to. Because like that whole idea of you can't pour from an empty cup. And so much of coaching is giving of yourself. Amen. You are, you are gifting of yourself. And like, so yesterday I coach on, and we're kind of shifting this. I have one-on-one coaching on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. And then group coaching on Monday and Wednesday, trying to take Fridays off. Right. Good. So like full day of coach call, coach call, coach call, coach call, coach call, webinar in the evening. Damn. How the hell do you do that? And this morning I was like, and I'm not talking to anyone till two o'clock. Oh (laughs) my God. But so you build that time in for recovery the next Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Like, let's pretend I'm asking for a friend. Uh, Ask for a friend. Go ahead. Let's say I have a goal. Let's say Mm -hmm. it's a big goal. It's out there and it's still on the books for like, let's say Q4, but I'm consistently not making progress on it. Or if I'm making progress on it every day, it's like little tiny baby steps. Mm -hmm. What's broken about that approach? What I would say is broken about that is the why. Mm. You know, if you're working on it daily, you should see forward motion. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a compelling why, you'll take bigger bites at it. You'll make more space for it, right? And so, you know, especially if it's something that, you know, you've been staring at this big, hairy, audacious goal for a minute. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So there's the why part of it. But also when I usually come across those kind of things, there may be a procrastination or hesitation is motivated by fear. Yes, 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 yes. So then that's when I would ask you, what are you scared of? Are you scared (gasps) of success or are you scared of failure? Oh my God, totally. It's, God, it's both. And sometimes it can be both, right? You're either a foffer or a fosser. What does that mean? 
Foffer, fear of failure, or foster, fear of success. success a foster or a foffer. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, I got so, so, so when you have, now do you usually coach women or do you coach both men and women? I usually coach women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you have a woman in front of you virtually these days who's mm-hmm. a fear of failure, a foffer, what are some of the secrets to overcoming that kind of procrastination? Oh, this, this comes back to the truth is in the tracking. Because there are all these little W's that we celebrate along the way. And those little W's build your confidence. Oh, wow. Right? So it comes back to that tracking because you can't see it. So you think you're failing. You're not (gasps) seeing the progress. So you think you're failing when actually you are one step closer to the big, big goal. Right? Amazing. And that's the, okay. So one more question about the tracking. Go for it. I love it is, you know, I think one of the things that I do wrong is when I break something down into, into quote unquote manageable pieces and I'm like, oh, I'll do this on Monday and this on Wednesday and this on Friday and look, in three weeks I'll be done. My manageable pieces are not manageable. They're oh, yeah. super hectic and insane. Big old chunks. Yep. Yeah. And I'm making that list when I've had two cups of coffee and I feel like I can move anything. And then my 2 p.m. self is like, this is going to take three weeks just to do this one thing you thought was going to take a day. Talk to me about how you see the process of breaking things down into management. Oh, yeah. So I think of it like candy bars. Candy yeah. bars. Yeah. So like, you know, the king size snicker. Yeah. So oftentimes we set our tasks by the king size Snicker size. Oh my God. Totally. And like it literally could take 12 to 15 bites, if not more, to get to finish off that Snicker. And that that's the, that Snicker is the thing on the to-do list when it should yeah, be. Yeah, that you're like, I'm going to get it done today. Oh, but actually you should think of it in the snack size, you know, the little candy bars that are yes. on the, the desk, the receptionist <laughs> desk at the <laughs> doctor's office. That's the size you should think of. That it's literally one bite. So we're setting ourselves up to fail because we're like, yeah, I'm going to polish off this king size snicker in 35 minutes. You know, that is what I do. Keita, that is literally what I do. That is what I do. (laughs) Yeah. So we try to get better about time honesty. Yeah. Oh, to say more about time honesty. Time honesty. That's the, oftentimes we grossly overestimate how much we're going to get done by underestimating the amount of time it's going to take to do it. So have you ever said, oh, it'll take me 30 minutes to get there. Hour and 15 minutes later, you're late. Everybody's upset. And so like it is naturally padding things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So understanding like, okay, if this particular task is outside of my core competency, I need to give myself 90 minutes. Oh yeah. Nine if it's super technical and it's outside of my my core competencies, maybe I need two, two and a half hours. Yeah. Right. If it's something I if it's a rinse, wash, repeat kind of thing, maybe I can do it in 30. Right. Yeah. And so like that's one of the things that and getting really clear about the to-do list. That if your to-do list is a page and a half long and you can flip through multiple pages in your notebook, you're not doing that in one day. No. In that, fact, tell me about what is your, your you call it the choose six or Oh, the big six. Things. Yeah. Tell me about the right, big six. Mine people. right in front of me right here. So like, okay. <laughs> First of all, you don't have to be superwoman. First and foremost, I want to give That's everyone to permission hear. to turn your cape in, take your emblem off. You don't have to be superwoman. I just want to give everyone permission to do that, right? When we look at the, the pick six, it is what are the six 
most impactful things you're going to focus on the next day, right? And we do that the night before. So when you, when you, uh, you know, decide that you're done with this day, whenever you shut off your laptop or close your device, yep. that's when you do your pick six. That uh-huh. way you can shut it off. So you're not yeah. laying in bed going, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Yep. I didn't do this. Yep. What about that? Tomorrow I got to pick up the, you know? Yeah. And like the top six, the pick six really should ladder into your goals. If you're an entrepreneur there, you know, there's, you're the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, uh, the janitor. <laughs> The CEO, HR, the CFO, IT. your HR. I tried to fire myself the other day. HR wasn't having it. You know, so <laughs> I'm like, I want to take a sabbatical. HR didn't approve it. Also known as me. Uh, <laughs> but like, if you're you're looking at how you're going to structure your day for an entrepreneur, I say, you know, make sure that you're doing some revenue generating things. Yeah. Whatever your thing is, that should be in your top six. And really, you know, keep your goals in front of you so you're not making up six things that you just have to do. Yes. It's impact. It's impact. It's impact. And that's the, this is the challenge that I find. And I, I know, you know, you make a lot of content too, so you know where I'm going with this. But what kills me is when I move from meeting to meeting to meeting and there's assignments that are piling up from each meeting that I leave. And then, but they're not you know, they don't get the same billing in my brain as the recording and the content creation that I'm doing. And then what I do is I pour all my love and sweat and tears into the content creation. And when it comes time to do the other shit I got to do, which is still important, I'm like, I can't. I just recorded four videos. Like I just coached somebody. I can't do these tactical things. How do you see that in your mind as a content creator and a coach and and an entrepreneur? Well, we do a lot of time blocking. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of time blocking and we're trying to wrangle my schedule so that like tasks happen on the same day. So like I said, yeah. I do one-on-one coaching on Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. So I know I'm going from coach to coach to co- I'm in coach mode. Yep. Right. Monday and Wednesday I do group coaching, but that's like one hour, maybe two hours of, for an hour of prep, one hour of actual coaching. The yep. rest of my day is business development and admin. Friday yep. is supposed to be my catch-up day. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so like trying to the bucketing that helps. Cause I think like when, before we kind of got to a place where I was trying to accommodate clients, yes, accommodating their schedule. Yeah. I'm available then. Yes. No, now, now you on board. I coach Tuesday and Thursday. And that's the what way day you want. Oh <laughs> God, Keita, that's so, so smart. And then that I keeps that. you in one mode. And I feel I get to recharge because I have days between coaching. That's brilliant. Right. And so, so yeah, so that's how, how that's I kind of brilliant. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. So one sort of avenue I want to explore with yeah, you. Yeah, let's do it. Going back to just how much things have changed with, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, we're recording this on a, what is today? Tuesday or Wednesday? It's, it's a Wednesday, I believe it's right? a Wednesday. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. It's Thursday. As my mother's Thursday. And by the time Friday rolls around, you know, I don't know what new disaster will have befallen us in the news. I mean, you know, I can't, I hesitate to even bring up the latest, you know, very high profile murder we just witnessed on Mm -hmm. somebody's freaking phone or the California fires that are, it seems like every goddamn week there's another 
Just waiting on the zombies. Right. We're waiting on the zombies. And I think it's even, it's even more heightened for, you know, people of color watching the news because that's a totally different level of excruciatingness. What do you say to people to about motivation and goal setting when every week feels like they, Lucy keeps ripping the football out from under Charlie Brown when he tries to oh. kick it? <laughs> well, I think the, the way that I've, I've, you know, and I've had this really deep conversation with my team because like that first week of March, we lost 40% of our business. Oh, sweet Jesus. I'm a public speaker. And yes. that was our primary marketing tool was like, that's how we got clients was I go out right. and do something shiny in front of people and look, yep. they give me their money that's or they right. pay me to be there and then they give me their money. Exactly. So that, that went away. <laughs> me and too. So it went away, you, you know, but the thing that I hold on to is that with every bit of disruption, there are incredible gifts. Mm. There are gifts in all of this, whether that is you spending more time with your family, whether that gift is like, I am really well rested. I am really well rested. Like, you know, I was getting on and off planes. It was run, 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 run. Mm -hmm. And that was taking a toll on my body. And so like, I am healthy and rested. I think that, you know, uh, my family life is so much better because like yep. we were having these family conference calls every night because like my older sister lives overseas and it was like, what's going on with her? And, what, and so there are so many gifts in this. And yeah. I think that the pivot that we were forced to make, that my hand was forced, like we have got to do this differently. Mm-hmm. We have a bigger, better runway to scale. Yes. Because yeah. now it's not me going anywhere. That's right. It is building a community, having something to offer, being in front of the right people. And I never actually have to put on pants again. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm wearing shorts right now. It's a, I'm in a, a, a pajama romper that I put a, uh, a cardigan on. Just well, for- you look absolutely gorge. So thank you. Thank you. And you look quite wonderful yourself. You. So we uh, like, love the polka dots. But I like, know. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. think that it's ha- what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to do it because it was so far out of my comfort zone. I'm not into digital marketing. Yep. I don't think that you want to see what I ate today on social media. I don't <laughs> think you want that from me. Nobody cares. Apparently so they do. I'm so with you. I'm so, you know, speaking of social media, anybody that's listening, you've got to follow Kita because her sort of in the moment, like, you know, coaching videos and ideas and tips and tricks are just so good. And she's such a bright, sparkly star. I'm glad you're not showing us what you're eating because that's like the least interesting part of what you do. You have so right? much right? Right. You know, and no one wants to see that I had pork rinds for lunch. No I, I mean, that. that sounds amazing though. It was, it was, it was exactly what I I wanted, don't even so. remember what I had for lunch. Is that embarrassing and scary? So I think that I think that makes a ton of sense. And the other thing that I'm noticing, Kita, I wonder if you're noticing the same thing, is because so many people have lost their jobs and more coming, mm-hmm. people are leaning into entrepreneurship. Like I, oh, yeah. you know, our, I'm seeing friends start creative projects and little side hustles that are pretty mm-hmm. cool and pretty interesting. And it's such a genius way to keep your resume without a, a long gap because you're mm-hmm. about something, you're making something. Is that something more people should be exploring if they're out of bit, out of work right now? I think that, yes, I'm always an advocate of entrepreneurship, always an advocate in the sense of create your own economy. 
Amen. God, create your own economy. And the more that, you know, we're doing this the new way. Yeah. The more I'm realizing that, you know, our business is pretty healthy considering we're going through an economic downturn. I will say for the folks that are starting side hustles or new businesses that may be out of work, I want you to focus on revenue. Don't be shy about the money. Don't be shy about the money. Say more about that. Okay. So like, you know, when you first started your business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The hardest thing to do was ask for money. That's right. Right. That's right. And you could have a bajillion plus years of corporate experience and doing the exact same thing in your own space. And there's this hang up, right? Yep. 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 And so I would say, don't be shy about the money, but also understand how you make the money. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of, I wasted a lot of time my first year in business and I won't, I won't even go a year and a half yeah. doing the stuff that I was told I should do as an entrepreneur. Mm, like what? What's an example of oh, that? Oh, you've got to be on, you got to have a blog, you got to be on social media, you got to have a podcast, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. And I had all those things and no clients, right? And so... <laughs> Which is like, those take investments. Right. And that's where your money will go. That's right. That's where your money, you'll, you'll have money going out and no money coming in. No money coming so get, in. I, I do this illustration. I'll get close to the camera. I do this yeah, illustration for, for my, my clients. Shorten the distance between you and the revenue. <sighs> She's Short holding up her finger, her beautifully manicured fingernails. And they are, you are trying to bring both index fingers closer, closer together. together. Yes. Between you, you. Shorten you and the revenue. Yeah. If you're like, I need to do 75 blog posts before that's going to convert to one client. Uh uh-uh. uh. What's the no. shortest distance between you and that revenue? Right? <gasps> Genius. And so, especially if you are starting something new or you like, there's so much you have to learn as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And they're, they're, you're going to have to learn it. That's right. But if I can save you a little bit of heartache right now and tell <laughs> you, yeah. focus on the money, don't yeah. be shy about it shorten that distance because all of that other fancy stuff yep you can outsource and scale into once you have your revenue flowing i think that's really true and i think it's really intimidating for people who have something to offer that could be getting paid for it when they think you got to have all these trappings and all of this window dressing and and the, i mean i didn't start my podcast till i'd been you know, I'd been doing PR, you and I are both former mm-hmm. PR, recovering yeah. PR people. Like I had had a very long career in PR when I transitioned and started focusing just on communication coaching. I didn't start my podcast till I'd had almost 10 years of just communication coaching, not to mention the 15 years of PR before that. Like right. that stuff can come once the money is there. I think that oh, is absolutely. so well, absolutely. I think that is so well stated. I love that. Okay, so just mm-hmm. to kind of start to wrap things up a little bit here. I love if this. If you could single out, when you think of all the, the women you speak to, the, all mm-hmm. the women you coach, all the women you talk to, if you could single out the one thing that hangs us up and that holds us back from going big and from getting her done, what is that thing? It's fear. Oh, always. It's fear. Especially at that, like, I love working with high performing type A. So you're already hyper achievers, right? Yeah. You're checking all the boxes, got the great degree, got the great career, got it going on. That's right. But there's that one thing you haven't done. Yep. That's who I want to work with anyway. Yep. And knowing that like you're used to win- winning, you're used to playing to win. The idea of not winning or possibly failing is so crippling that you won't even get started. 
That's so or you'll self-sabotage and not stick to it. You have one bad day and then you sit it down or you never go back to it or like it sits on the shelf for another two years. And yep. so it's like fear is, is such, it's sometimes it can motivate you. Other times you just stand it still. The funny thing about fear is that it dresses up in various looks. Oh right? yeah. It'll so have sometimes my fear, on. yeah, it's like she puts on a different, totally different look and she shows up as getting distracted by a different idea or a sparkly object over here or saying yes to a client engagement that I know, like I've been down that path. I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. And I find myself saying yes. And actually what that yes is, is that I'm too scared to focus on the thing I said I was going to focus on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you fill your plate with a bunch of other stuff. Uh (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. So fear, you know, for those of us for whom fear dresses up in different outfits, how do you identify it as what it is? Instead of saying like, you know, I think, oh, look, no, I'm just going to go over here and do this one thing. No, that is fear. How do we identify it? Well, like we have a whole process of naming those things, right? And you can call it by name because it's not you. It is like, what are we naming this particular behavior as? Oh, God. Because if you you avoid stuff... Or you, you're restless and you just fill up your plate. You do that all the time. It's true. That's, I do. Right? So then we'll name that restlessness, give that a nickname. Oh, and God. you call that out. <gasps> God. Right? God. Right. And so, up. like, I think, because how you do some things is how you do most things. So, like, if you have a tendency to be, like, one of my clients, she's restless by nature. She yeah. calls that restlessness Tinkerbell. Oh my God, that's genius. Because like just she, she, she gets all worked up and she flutters all around and she's doing this and there's lots of hand gestures. Right. Oh so God. she's I like a so tinkerbelling. <laughs> right, right. Seen and attacked. Seen and attacked. <laughs> she's tinkerbelling. And I'm like, you're tinkerbelling again. That's amazing. You are tinker like tell Tinkerbell to stop. <gasps> just tell her to stop. <laughs> Oh my God, Kita, I feel like the veil has been lifted from my eyeballs. That's so powerful. Okay. So here's what I want to say to anybody listening. There's lots of ways you can work with Kita. There is one-on-one coaching, but you also do these group workshops and you have one underway now, but because we're in a time-space quantum continuum where this airs later than we record it, People should go where to learn more about everything. Oh, yes. You can always go to successbully.com. You can follow me on all the socials. We're on brand, so it's all at Successbully. We have a five days of focus challenge coming up, so we're doing another sprint of that, and that starts October 12th, and you can go to successbully.com backslash challenge. Oh, my God. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. I am just inspired and I love what you're doing in the world. Just keep going. It's so good. Thank you. Like this is when days like today when I'm like a little tired and I still get to do what I love and share it with others. That's when you know you're doing the right thing. What a great human she is. You know, I thought about what Kita said about Tinkerbell and the ways we sabotage ourselves. And for me, this really shows up when I get going, when I get really deep into doing something new, some big new project. And what happens is the minute I hit a big snag, I start to catastrophize. And by the way, hitting a big snag is kind of inevitable in attempting a new big project. 
But instead of just seeing the snag for what it is and bringing some creativity and patience and problem solving to it, I tend to catastrophize. And I think the whole thing has gone to hell. I need a different project, one that has no snags. And I go off seeking that other new project, which P.S. doesn't exist. And the same process repeats. So I thought about the whole Tinkerbell concept, the whole naming process, and I I really did vibe with that symbol. But then I started thinking, wait a minute, who is the perfect symbol of the catastrophizer? Because that's really what I'm doing. I'm taking what's probably a medium-sized hurdle and turning it into a deal breaker. And then it came to me, the perfect archetype for catastrophizing is Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Remember? When Cameron was in Egypt's land, let my Cameron go. Remember that when he's like lying in bed and Ferris Bueller is constantly trying to like drag Cameron out of his miseries and and negative expectations and tries to show him the magic and potential of, you know, being a white boy in Chicago. Sorry. It's just different. When you watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off from the vantage point of 2020, it's just kind of a different movie. But anyway, the metaphor still stands. So I'm calling the part of me that would sabotage my efforts, I'm calling that part of me Cameron. And I now have a photo of Cameron above my computer. And I am reminded not to give in to his wet blanket characterizations of my efforts, but instead to come back to myself, to come back to Bronwyn. And so my friend, I hope you loved meeting Keita Williams as much as I did. And to Enos Bernard Burton III, co-founder of Marvin and Taco, who introduced us. By the way, if you don't know Marvin and Taco, look it up. They're amazing. You have my forever thanks, Enos, not just for the Kita intro, but for your friendship. And to everyone else, shine on, you crazy diamonds. I'll see you next time. <laughs>